Fervent Church, if we haven't met before, my name is Barry Hoover. I am the location pastor at our Sewell location. Uh, I live in Williamstown, uh, married for 10 years. I have three little ones, and I'm hoping that when we see you in person, I'll be able to give you a high five. Uh, today, I'm speaking to you right in your living room, wherever you find yourself, uh, and I'm excited to bring the word today. I'm excited um, for this sermon series, uh, and in the comments and in the chats, uh, let us know how this series has been affecting you, right? Give like a applause hands, some exclamation points, give me a yes. I know Emily's on, she'll give the yes. Go ahead and do that now. I, I know it's actually changed my perspective on how I'm seeing things the last couple weeks. Isn't that amazing what, what the Word does, right? Understanding that uh, we have hope, and it's not tied um, to circumstances. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Our first week, we talked about hope defined. And my favorite definition that was used was um, hope is an, an ingredient of faith. I love that definition. That's a great working definition. And, um, you know, what has helped me? in my um, studying, I'll say, for today, but then also just the theme of hope. I, I like looking at quotes to hear how people unpack hope and faith in their own words. And let me, um, let me give you two, all right? The first one is from, he's a contemporary theologian, which means he's still breathing, N.T. Wright. He says, faith is looking at God and trusting him for everything, while hope is looking at the future and trusting God for it. Second quote from Hugo de St. Victor. He is not alive. He was around in the 12th century. But this is, this is what he says. By faith alone, we are sure of eternal things that they are. But by hope, we are confident that we shall have them. How awesome is that? Last week, we talked about uh, hope deferred. And if you remember, our major points were anchor down today, work it out today, listen up today, and that first point was big, anchor. Hebrews 6 tells us uh, hope is an anchor for our soul, and, and, and we're supposed to reach um, and to take hold of hope. And, and I, I find it um, pretty interesting that, that hope is um, essential for us. It's very valuable, um, and it's important that we don't just like take hold of it, um, but that we secure it. Right? And, and so what I think of right away was me slipping down my steps a couple weeks ago. So my three-month-old, he's in his crib. It's time for him to eat. So he's crying. So I make my way up the steps. I grab him out of his crib, give him the bottle right away. And I'm making my way down to my steps. And I'm halfway down. And I slip like this, like Straight up slip. Now, who here knows what that feeling is, right? It's like the slowest 1.25 seconds of your year. You feel like everything freezes, and you're like, oh, my goodness. And so there I am holding a baby and slipping, and I know pain is coming, but I have to choose something, don't I? I can either... 
let go of what's important and embrace for impact, or I can hold on to the important thing and simply just brace for the pain. Now, uh, that fits for me, right? Like holding hope above bracing for pain is really our job. That's what we're going to be doing um, basically for the rest of 2020 and into 2021 is holding on to hope despite circumstances, maybe even before bracing for pain. Now, those are, um, that review quotes, th- those are things that describe like what hope is. And, and before we get into how to develop hope today, can we, can we kind of talk about what hope is not, right? Like the, a, a list of things that hope is not. One, it is not circumstantial. Like hope is not tied to your circumstance. It is not tied to your situation, good or bad. It is not circumstantial. It is not a personality trait. Can I say it again? As someone who's been given a nickname, Johnny Optimistic, it is not your Enneagram. It is not a personality trait. I don't care what anybody else says. It is not connected to status. When I say status, I mean like career path uh, or income level or gender or race or nationality. Hope is not connected to your status or lack thereof. Hope is not a wish. Pastor Mike went over this that first week, but just to to recap, hope is not a wish. A, A wish is having a desire for something attainable. Hope is to desire with anticipation, right? A desire with anticipation. Anticipation. Guys, that's what Advent season is right? On the Christian calendar, we're in Advent. It's the arrival of Jesus. We celebrate at Christmas. He came as a baby in human form, and then we also are awaiting his return as king for all of eternity. You know what hope is not? Often uh, logical. Hope is not always logical, right? Our world, culture, Friends, family, right, may look at you a little bit crazy if you carry hope. And lastly, um, hope is not for the weak. Hope is not for the weak. It's going to take a decision to hold on to hope and to carry it. And And like, how do I know this? Like, how can I say this? Because our scripture verse for the sermon series, right, it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. And this is what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, I can say it's not for the weak because of the context of this verse. Right? So let me, let me set the stage a little bit, as much as I can. Right? The, this letter... Paul writes it, he writes it to the Hebrew people, okay, and he's encouraging them to not turn away from Jesus. And you might be thinking, um, like, what would make them turn away? Let me, let me ask you a question. What would make you turn away from Jesus right now? 
Think about it. What would make you turn from the way? The way of following Jesus. Because let me tell you what they were facing. A couple things. One, these followers of Jesus, they were being ostracized. Right? It's like subtle persecution. Right? They're being relegated to the side. Do you, do you feel that way? They were also being, in certain areas, being like overtly persecuted. I can say with confidence I've not been persecuted for being a follower of Jesus. At least not till this moment. They were also going broke. This one hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Right? We love our income. We do love our money. These followers of Jesus that received this letter, they were going broke because they were dismissed. They were ostracized from the local economy. They were losing their businesses. They were losing their livelihoods. This is why I can say hope is not for the weak. Because this is a word for us today. And you could either say it's a warning. You could say it's prophetic. You could call it whatever you want. I know that this part of the the message today is for me uh, to encourage you that maybe not this moment, but there could be a time that you're ostracized for following Jesus. There could be a time that you lose your livelihood because you follow Jesus and understand this. The message Paul had for these Christians is the same for you, and it's the same for me. Jesus is better. If I can sum up Hebrews in three words, Jesus is better. Do not turn away from Jesus. Don't turn back to what you knew. Don't turn back to what was comfortable. Don't turn back to things just because they're easier. But instead, you keep focused on Jesus. Turning back to what you know is turning your back to hope. So, today we talk about developing hope in some super tangible ways. And and my hope is there's one thing today that you actually take in action on, that you implement it maybe like this afternoon. That's that's literally uh, my hope today. Although I have a couple points, and I hope all of them benefit you, but I hope there is one that literally changes how you operate. So, first one, how to develop hope. One, risk. R-I-S-K, risk. Not a popular word. Often, uh, we even have scripture verses um, that can shield us from taking risks. And I'm not presenting for you to be foolish. I'm not even asking for you to be careless. What I am saying is when you look at risk, do not avoid risk. Don't avoid it. Uh, Be brave, right? Be courageous. Scripture is clear. How many times does Scripture and Jesus himself say, do not be afraid? And and I I stand here um, preaching to myself this, this next part. I I think 
having hope in 2020 might actually be the bravest thing we can do. Nobody else in their right mind is using the word hope for our country, um, for our local communities, for our world. But followers of Jesus, we're not of this world. We're of a different kingdom, and we say with boldness and with expectation that we have hope. And I have hope in the rest of 2020, and I absolutely have hope in 2021. So don't avoid risk. Um, also, um, face it, right? It's not just about um, don't, don't avoid it, but face it insofar as stare it down. When you face risk, right, I, I want you to understand the rules of engagement. Like, understand what the scoreboard really is with risk. This is, this is what I mean. Um, hope, hope doesn't mean success on your terms, right? Like, hope is not success by the rules that you set for this life. But instead, success on God's terms, uh, two things, uh, faithfulness and obedience. I'll say it again. Success on God's terms, two things. One, faithfulness and obedience. Now, maybe those two words are not two words um, that make you jump up and high five. But I would say maybe it's because you don't understand the rules of engagement. Because my scoreboard, I know when I'm being presented to be, with, to be faithful and to be obedient, I know God is working. Those are his terms. Those are God's terms. And I know the scoreboard that he keeps is not the scoreboard that our culture keeps. And it is not the scoreboard that this world keeps. Because think about this, on, on God's terms... Risk is faith. On God's terms, risk is worship. If worship is simply ascribing worth to God, on, on his terms, when I risk, when you risk, when you face it and understand his rules of engagement are, are different than ours, he accepts that posture as worship. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? Um, start small. Start with small risk. Now, I, I need to use um, kind of like a, a story from my life to properly set this. So previously, I had a karate school. I had a karate school in Haddonfield, had it for five years, and then I sold it. Um, the call to ministry was evident in my life, uh, and so I did that. Now, if I were to say here at this spot to take small risks, to say, hey, go start a karate school, would that be small to you? <laughs> no. Or in general, hey, go start a business today. Quit your career and go start a business. Um, that's not really a small one. But you know what was small? Actually getting in a uniform that looked like pajamas, right? Having bare feet 
was totally weird. As an adult, I'm like late 20s, putting on pajamas with a white belt and bare feet, and I go on this wood floor and they're speaking a different language. And I, and I have the same belt color as like these four-year-olds that my now wife was teaching. She used to teach the three to six-year-olds. It was amazing, the little ninjas. But I would see them leave class. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing the same belt as them. And to go out and to take class. Like, that was a small risk. And it was a risk because um, I, I risked some pride. Because karate was not a part of my life up until that point. But you know what was? Um, baseball, basketball. Like, since I can remember all the way through. Grade school, high school. My goal was to go play college baseball. I played baseball in college. It was amazing. Shout out to Rutgers Camden. And, and for me to start over as a straight-up beginner, that was a small risk. And as my, my, my life went on with karate, the risks, they started to grow. But they didn't start with, hey, leave a career and go start a, a karate school from scratch. It didn't start there. It started with a little risk. It, it, it grew. Our, our job should be to, like, grow in um, faith-filled risks, not really growing in the list of contingency plans, right? My, as my, my risk grew, my faith-filled risk grew, my contingency plans got less and less, right? Because remember, we do not play the what-if game. That's the game that the world plays. We play the even-if game. You follow me? Even if I go and start a karate school, even if the thing crashes and burns and fails, I am a follower of Jesus with or without those circumstances. He is good to me. He's been faithful to me. He owes me nothing. So, risk. Don't avoid it. Face it. Take some. Second thing, to develop Hope in your life is um, focus. Focus. And the cool part with this is, it is an exercise of your heart and your mind. What I mean is, focus on not just the promises of God. Hear me. This is not a message about the promises of God, which are true and are amazing. But I am here to tell you today, focus on the process of God. Focus on the process of God. We know some of the promises, right? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, he will give you the desires of your heart. He's able to do more than you could ever hope, think, or imagine. Amen, amen to the promises. Um, however, today's about focusing on his process. Because remember, God's terms, we're on his terms in this life. On God's terms, it requires his timeline. It is not your timeline. The rules of engagement, that this life following Jesus Christ is not our terms. And so he requires his own timeline. You know, and, and, and so stay with me for a second. Scripture, like the Psalms, I'm, let me just focus on the Psalms for a second. Full of encouragement about waiting on the Lord. And there's no way that you love waiting. 
We, we don't even love waiting um, for fast food. How ridiculous is this? Get, get this. Last week, I, I was in fast food. I'm embarrassed to say what fast food joint it was. But I pull up. I'm like four cars back. And there was a second lane that nobody else saw except the six cars behind me. And they all go in the other lane. They all get their food before me. And there I am. Like my, I'm, I'm getting like anxiety. I'm getting like frustrated. And I was like, how pathetic is that? How pathetic is that? Waiting is just not in our nature, but it is in the nature of God. Psalm 130, this is my favorite current one. It's Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. Check it out. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. And then they repeat it, more than watchmen for the morning. What is the job of the watchmen. They're literally there to wait for the morning. They are alert, waiting for morning, so the next watch come in. We are supposed to be waiting with expectation, waiting with alertness and anticipation for God more than the watchmen. Let our eyes, let our hearts be trained to wait upon the Lord, not with a casual understanding, but instead an alertness to him moving and an alertness to his voice. And guys, remember the theme of this whole season, Advent, his arrival. It is on purpose. God is speaking to his church with these themes. When you talk about the process, God's process, think about some people from Scripture like Abraham, Right? And Joseph and Moses. All these, these stories that we find in, in Scripture, they are full of God in a process with them. Nothing's quick. There's some moments. Burning bush is a quick moment. But the life of these, these followers of God, it is a process. And then when you go to the New Testament, let's not even go past Jesus, please. Jesus understood process with the Father. Did he not? Listen, listen to this verse in, you guessed it, Hebrews. It says, Although he, Jesus, was a son, although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Hebrews 5.8, one more time. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. First of all, Jesus learning obedience blows my mind. And second, why would I think suffering and process with God that I'm exempt from that if Jesus himself was not? So if you find yourself today in a process where you don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel, you focus on the process that he has you in. Because if it was good enough and proper for Jesus to learn obedience through suffering, it is a pleasure, it is a privilege for us to say the same exact thing. Perseverance, can we use that word? Perse perseverance is an ingredient of hope. Perseverance is an ingredient of hope. They're like distant cousins. Hope gets the limelight, right? Like think about the Christmas story. Mary, Mary is, is hope, uh, Joseph is perseverance. Right, the one supporting 
the promise. So, risk, first of all. And two, focus on the process God has you in, in your life. And if you're like me, when I hear messages, when I hear sermons, um, there always comes a point where I always say, um, I ask the question, why? Why? Like, why hope? Why don't we just finish the rest of this life hopeless or just kind of just like going with the flow, going through the motions? I'm going to heaven anyway, Hoover, so why do I even fight and cling and, and focus and take risks? What is the point of doing all this? There are benefits. I am not afraid to use that word. There are benefits of developing hope in your life. You know what the first one is? It's contagious. And I don't mean the person who's just uh, wishful and, and throws out um, just like ridiculous scenarios Right? They can be dismissed. I'm not, I'm not talking about that approach, but I'm saying when someone has a genuine optimism, faith-filled optimism, when they have hope, it's contagious. When you hear them talk, it's a little bit different. It does something in your spirit. It does something to you. It builds you up. And that's why community is important. Not every person in community is one that's leading in hope. But there needs to be one, two, or three that are leading your community in hope. Think about, can we stay with the Christmas story since it's December? Think about the, the, the shepherds. They're like lowly shepherds. God chooses to speak to the lowly, right, about the good news of the arrival of Jesus. And what is their response? Do they say, Oof, that sounds a little bit too good to be true. Do they say, that can't be right? Um, do they keep it to themselves? No, they do the exact opposite, right? It's contagious. They have an excitement deep, deep down to share what God has revealed to them. It is contain contagious. It's also um, Worth noting, right, that it changes how you see um, your world. And that is a benefit, right, because we, our eyes, our, our literal eyes see, um, like social media feeds, we see um, news, we see our workstations, we, we see the people that we, we see, and we need um, spiritual eyes. And developing hope, it actually changes your perspective. It changes... Um, how you see. And so it gives you the ability, like me, to see hope and hurt coexist. Hurt and hope, they coexist. That is my life right now. Just in my home, foster care. My heart is hurting for our baby girl and her situation. My heart is hurting at the possibility of her leaving our home. My heart hurts for the brokenness that surrounds foster care, the brokenness that surrounds adoption. But I do not play the what-if game. I play the even-if game. I am free from having a negative view 
of these circumstances. And instead, with some tears in my eyes, often I say, Jesus, my hope is in you. I know you are working in these broken places because your word tells me you are. Jesus, I know your heart is for adoption because you've adopted me into your family. So please, Jesus, reveal yourself in these situations. Church, hope and hurt can coexist. Eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Do you remember that old song? I don't know if it's as old as whose report will you believe? That epic throwback from last week. Turn your eyes upon Jesus because you know what I'm recognizing? When I turn my eyes to Jesus, when I, when I look up to Jesus, guess what rises? Hope. Hope actually rises in my heart. Get your hopes up. Get your eyes up to Jesus in these circumstances and you will see your hopes rise. Church, get your hopes up. I know it's not logical for your pastor to say that to you. I don't care. This is what Scripture is telling us to the Hebrews, that in the middle of all this uncertainty, Paul is saying, church, eyes to Jesus. Jesus is better. Turn your eyes to Jesus and get your hopes up. Psalm 130. I read verses 5 and 6 earlier. Let me wrap with verse 7. It says this, O Israel, God's people, Hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Did you catch that? Plentiful redemption. Redemption that overflows. It's not just a little bit. It's just not like crumbs. It is overflowing redemption. Church, get your hopes up. The proximity to Jesus Christ helps you be full of hope in a moment. That might be you today. If you're, if you're listening and you're like, hey, I would love that hope, you're talking about, sir. Hope is a person. Hope is Jesus Christ. And if you have never recognized him as the Savior in your life, or maybe you did when you were younger. Maybe, maybe you did and you meant it. I'm not disregarding that. I, I'm, not, I'm not commenting on that. I'm saying today, in this uncertain time, you need to dedicate rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. If that is you, will you pray with me now? And it's, it's very important, one more thing, it's important for you to understand too, the other people watching this in the chats, they're praying for you too. Hope rises in us as the kingdom of God advances. If that's you, you pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for the people I pray for the many people that are starting or restarting their life with you in this moment. And those that are praying with me, you can use these words. You can simply copy me. Dear Jesus, forgive me for all of my sin. Take your rightful place in my life. I need you more than ever. Help me follow you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Get your hopes up.
Risk. Take risks. Let your risk get bigger and more absurd. Let them be crazier to the world as you go. Focus on the process that God has you in because it validates you as a child of God. Love you guys. Peace.